At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And uh, since I'm recording this in a uh, uh, afternoon in January, uh, Jason's super producer is sadly at work. So uh, he uh, he's not fitting the schedule right now, but hopefully he'll be back uh, soon because he's uh, he misses all the all the fans and the guests. And I'm I hear from the fans. They miss Jason. So so we'll. Uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll have him back on a show here pretty soon. But uh, before I do bring on our guest, I want to remind everybody that if you have uh, an encounter or an experience you'd like to share with us, you can find us at From the Shadows podcast on Facebook or our forum page after the shadows on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Shane Grove author on Instagram or from the shadows podcast on Instagram or just the old fashioned way. Look us up at uh, fromtheshadowspodcast.com, hit the contact button, and uh, send me an email and tell me what uh, what you want to talk about, what, what story you want to share or whatever, and I will read it and get back to you. So, um, And then if you're looking for extra content, we do have a Patreon page. You can just go to Patreon, look up fromtheshadows.com. There's different levels of membership to get different levels of of content. So go check that out if you're looking for more. Um, if you just can't get enough of us, and if you can't, and if you've had way too much of us, I'm sorry. We'll try, we'll try to do better. So I want to. Uh, our today's guest is, um, and it's such a small world. As she and I were talking before we came on here, but today's guest has some ties to some of our former guests, uh, which just goes to show you how close the uh, paranormal and uh, cryptid slash Bigfoot world is. But uh, uh, my guest is the one and only Jessica Jones, also known as the Cryptid Huntress. Cryptid Huntress, welcome to the program. 
Well, hey, Shane, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I just want you to know, you totally stole the moniker that I wanted to be known as, is I wanted to be known as the Crypto Huntress, too. Huntress? But, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Oh, you know, you can, I'll share it with you if you'd like. Sure. Uh, I think Why you're not? Much be- I think you're a much better Huntress than I am, so. <laughs> So, and I'm not much of a hunter either, so there's not no point in, in pretending. So, so, so Jessica, you, you do a ton of stuff in the paranormal world. And I just want to, I want to give you the chance to kind of tell your story to how you got into it and share some of your experiences with, uh, with our listeners. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, I, I'm a, a Bigfoot field researcher at heart and I always have been. But somehow I've ended up with uh, several shows <laughs> on podcasts, uh, live shows. I'm actually a weekend host at Spaced Out Radio and have a weekend show there uh, right now. But, uh, but yeah, it all goes back to my childhood. Imagine that. And, uh, you know, having a, a, some sort of a connection to supernatural things that were occurring around me all the time and, and the paranormal. And, uh, and, and honestly, I got to say, I didn't start off with a big interest in Bigfoot. Um, I kind of was growing up seeing spirits and ghosts and had a real big interest in UFOs and, uh, and would take my little nap mat, you know, from kindergarten out to my front yard. And uh, I live in Georgia. So I, and I grew up on a farm. So I would take my little mat out to the front yard at night and I would lay on it and I'd look up for UFOs into the sky. So, and of course, like my, my science projects, they would all be on black holes and weird stuff that other kids looked at me funny for doing. Um, But I've always just had a connection to like outer space and the stars and, and and ghosts and and now Bigfoot, of course. Um, But yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up, you know, with a, I guess a long line of women in my family that were very intuitive and very psychic and even my dad. So I couldn't get away with anything when I was a teenager, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, they weren't. I, I, they weren't. Were they? They weren't just lucky guessers, right? They just no. They. Okay. I thought they were just. Oh, I thought they were spying on me. It was the days before we had cameras and stuff, and and cell phones and ring doorbells and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they they had to have been intuitive. Yeah. So I, I couldn't get away with sneaking out of the house so easily back then. Um, but but anyways. Yeah, I, I grew up being, um, you know, just in tune with with things that other people didn't experience and couldn't see. And uh, and I always c- tried to keep it to myself a little bit um, because people would look at you funny, you know, um, if you told them that you talked to dead people, <laughs> you know. Um, so well, how, how, did, fast- how did how did your how did your family like so you think your family were, were intuitive? Did you yeah. share it with them? To, or not? Oh, yeah. or did, okay. Absolutely. Okay. You're just talking. Yeah, you didn't absolutely. share it with. You didn't share it with. Uh, okay. Over lunch. I, over the, your chocolate milk. You didn't say. Hey, by the way. You know. No. Okay. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, so, so what did your what your family what your family say about it? Like how how well, was they, that? They they had experiences too. So I come from a long line of people, uh, generations of family members and ancestors having experiences that um, uh, they didn't really talk about very much, but, and if they did, they associated it with something that we, that would be a little bit different than what we might associate these phenomenon as today. Um, 
let's say for instance, my great, great, great grandmother died. Uh, uh, grandmother Duke was her name. And, uh, and this was up in the mountains of North Georgia. Her husband actually fought in the civil war. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, okay. she was, she was re- very young and she married a very old man. Okay. Let's just put it that way. But, um, but she, when she died, a ball of fire came out of the woods, an orb, and it circled the house and went inside the house and under the house and outside and it went out the door and the whole entire family saw it um just a ball of fire they called it a ball of fire um i had stories like that now what it was i'm not sure we're not sure but it was it was like an orb um now i have seen many 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 orbs in my time out in the field doing bigfoot field research we oftentimes have orbs out there that float around and some of them look like balls of fire. You know, they're, they're lit up and they're really bright. Could it have been that? I guess so. I'm not sure. Um, back in the 1980s, my great grandmother and my great aunt, her daughter, they were driving down a highway up in Rome, Georgia, in North, Northwest Georgia. And it was dark and a light came down and enveloped their car. It came from the sky. And they were looking up, trying to figure out where that light was coming from. And the next thing they know, it was two hours later, and they were about 20 miles down the road in another county. And, um, of course, today we'd say, well, they got abducted. You know, that was some sort of a UFO abduction experience. Missing time, you know. um, But to them, they're very devout Christians. You know, they had the Ten Commandments in their front yard, you know, on a big placard. So. Um, they, um, they associated that with God taking them out of harm's way. And those were the angels that picked them up and moved them because they obviously were avoiding a a bad accident or something. Um, but that's how they described it throughout the years. So. Wow. Wow, That's great. That's great. That was my my great grandmother. I mean, how many people do we know whose great grandparents, you know, had a possible abduction experience? Um, I don't know of maybe, a lot of people. May, maybe more than we, I mean, Probably. it's gotta be, it's gotta be more than we think because just like you said, nobody talked about it. And the, even though they, that wasn't, I mean, that wasn't a rational explanation, uh, as far as what they came up with, it was yeah. more rational for them to have been abducted almost, <laughs> you it, know, it so. was. Yeah. It totally was. But, but I mean, a lot of people say, even with that ball of fire that came through, they thought it was the angels coming to take my great, great, great grandmother away. I mean, to me, it sounds like it was an orb and orbs are a lot of times associated with uh, ET activity and Bigfoot activity even. So who, who knows? It, it's really interesting. Hmm. I, that just opens up a whole big discussion that I think should take place on one of your shows about, about, <laughs> about whether, you know, are angels really aliens? And stuff? Oh, I've, I've, I've done a show on that, actually. Yeah. I did a show on that. Yeah. My friend yeah. Barry Littleton uh, came on Space Out Radio with me one night and, uh, and we discussed the difference between um, aliens and demons and uh, if there's uh-huh. similarities and, and the way it, it's all, honestly, it's about perception in a lot of ways. Um, it's how everybody perceives perceives them in your beliefs. And I mean, a lot of times they're all, they are very dark experiences. When you have an abduction experience, 
and how i mean like like you're saying like are they demons or aliens and how do we know they're actually aliens from another planet um it's it's a lot to to comprehend and uh and to try to it, it makes your brain hurt once you start really looking into this stuff too deeply <laughs> yeah i mean in my humble opinion it's it easily is a fine line between mm-hmm. what we call aliens and what we call angels and you know relig- you know religious experiences versus being you know maybe just an extraterrestrial experience that had no other way to be explained you know i mean think about our our origin of religion took place at a time where there was no technology to kind of put something in a in a different box it just it was all a miracle and how did that miracle happen it must be a must be a god okay you know so Mm -hmm. yeah just like the psychic abilities that i have today and my my ancestors had we were probably looked at as witches you know and and burn at the stake for having those types of abilities and actually using them well yeah you probably had more ability than the actual people who got burned at the stake at salem Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Well, the ones at Salem, yeah, I actually remote viewed that and uh, that whole thing, and they were, they were just uh, being persecuted, <laughs> when and didn't have a, probably didn't have any kind of abilities at all. They just people didn't like them. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, the only ability they didn't have was to make friends. That's the only right. Ability they didn't. <laughs> exactly, or they knew somebody's dark secrets, <laughs> so exactly. somebody didn't want to get out. Unfortunately, that's how those things work. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's 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 really interesting, and that is actually leads us into my experiences out in the field. Okay, and and having all this weird paranormal stuff going on when I'm I'm out there doing Bigfoot field research, and us not knowing exactly what's going on and what these entities are. Okay, um, that we're dealing with out there, and I'll and so I'll re- rewind a little bit and tell you how I got into Bigfoot field research. Um, before I go there, before I go there with that story, so um, when I was around, I guess I was in my late twenties, early thirties, I guess. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but you're going to be able to guess now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I I went to uh, a meeting with my mother one night who said she told me she was going to go hear some guys speak about uh, Bigfoot field research. They're from North Georgia. They knew, um, they knew a lot about Bigfoot. And if they, uh, if anyone knew if Bigfoot was real, it'd be them is what she told me. So I went with her to a meeting one night at this man's house and, um, and we, these guys were given a presentation and I was just floored. I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, I wanted to know for myself if Bigfoot was real. And so I, um, I started when the presentation was over. I mean, these guys had given so much evidence, uh, showed pictures and footprints and they were uh, professional trackers, you know, and, uh, just, just knew their stuff. And I asked them after the presentation, I'm like, well, if Bigfoot's real, you know, why is there no body? Where's the body? Where's the poop? (laughs) You know? And, um, and they were, they saw that I had a, a big interest in what they were doing and they invited me on an expedition. And so what better way to learn about Bigfoot than going into the woods with a bunch of strange men by myself and spending a weekend with a bunch of people I don't know, you know, and um, I said, yes, absolutely. 
And, uh, and so I went and I, I got a tent and some hiking boots and a, and a backpack and all my gear. And um, I borrowed stuff from people. And <laughs> I went out and I camped out for a weekend with this, with this group and up in North Georgia. And it was so, it was like the best thing I ever did. Okay. It was so cool. I'm actually here talking with you today, Shane, because of what I did. <laughs> Cause I did that. That um, may be the worst thing you ever did then. I'm yeah. just pointing. I'm just giving you that option. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's fun. We're having fun today. Okay. This is a good time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I went, I went out in the field for, it was, you know, a few days, uh, three or four nights and, uh, with this, with this team and I wasn't, I had no expectations whatsoever as to seeing Bigfoot. I mean, I was hoping I would, but I doubted I would. Um, but let me tell you, Shane, we, from the, from the night, the first night I got there, we had not only Bigfoot activity, but we had UFO activity. We had alien stuff going on. We had missing time. We had all of our equipment malfunctioning the whole weekend. We had so much stuff going on. I, I was, I was blown away by it. I can't say I was totally shocked because I've always had a lot of paranormal activity around me my whole life, but out in the field, it's a whole different story when you're out in the woods, in the dark woods, you know, um, having UFOs flying over your head while you've got Bigfoots hollering in the woods. And um, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But it was so, some of the experiences that I had out there that weekend were so intense. And um, we knew that something more had happened to us while we were out in the field. You know, um, not just this Bigfoot activity. We knew that something else had happened with some events that took place. And um, the head of that team, okay, by the end of that weekend, they asked me to join their team. And, I, of course, I, I had volunteered to be bait, you know, and um, put myself <laughs> out there. I was so gung-ho the whole weekend. I was like, just I, if I die, tell my mom Bigfoot got me, you know. And uh, I think they liked my attitude. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I even had something run up behind me at some point that weekend and it knocked the legs out, my legs out from underneath me as I was walking up a hill by myself while the guys were watching me through their FLIR. Um, but there was nothing well, there. What? Well, now, wait a second. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, you can't just gloss over that. How did, so what exactly do you think it was that rushed up behind you and knocked you? off your feet well and what did, i thought and what did they and what did they see through you said they're watching through a thermal they're, they're thermals and their flares yes okay. so i had a whole i had a whole group of grown men at the bottom of the hill that were watching me walk about mm, about 100 yards up the uh, the hill to a tree line and in an open field and what has now become known as ufo field but they were, they dare, one of the guys was like, ah, I dare you to go walk up there. And I was like, absolutely, I'll do it. You know, um, and I didn't have any kind of night vision device or anything. I was just walking with my backpack and me, and that was it. Um, hoping for the best, <laughs> praying that nothing got me. But I knew that the guys were watching me. So um, I knew I was safe. You know, the guys that I go out bigfooting with are no people to mess with. You know, they're former military and law enforcement and firefighters and, um, you know, they're well prepared to take care of all of us. And we all take care of each other, you know, when we're out there safety wise. Um, but I got halfway up the hill and I heard one of the, I, in my mind, one of the guys was running at me like a linebacker, like a, a football player. Okay. 
coming from behind and I could hear it. And I thought, and I actually started to kind of, I slowed down and I kind of stopped in my tracks a little bit. And as I, I heard, I felt them running up behind me. I was fully in, in expecting like to get hit or something to happen because I felt the energy. Like I could hear it. I could feel it. And I kind of braced myself for a half second. Cause I thought, I really thought they were playing a joke on me. And the next thing I know, my legs got hit from behind both of them and whoever it was kept running past me. And I felt, and I a hundred percent feel like it was a, a person. It was a bipedal humanoid. Okay. I guess you can say like a humanoid. And, uh, and as I got, as it hit me, it wasn't like it hurt me. It was playful. It was kind of like a playful kind of thing. And there was nobody there. There was nobody there. Um, I turned around. I was trying to, I, I got my balance. Um, there was nobody there. And so I thought, well, man, that was so weird. Um, super weird. And as I had jumped up in the air, when it hit my legs, I kind of like my arms kind of flung up in the air a little bit, like kind of flailed around. Well, that was the distress call <laughs> if I needed anything, but I didn't mean to do it. But the guys were like, oh, well, Jessica looks like she's something that she needs us. You know, so one of the guys eventually I, I kept walking and made it almost up to the tree line when one of the guys did come up behind me and um, asked if I was okay. You know, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What, what was that? Did y'all see something? And they were like, nope. Didn't see anything. So, um, but as I was standing there in front of the tree line, <clears throat> so we saw, um, I was standing there at the top of the hill and one of the guys uh, down at the bottom of the hill was looking through his fleer and, and saw a Sasquatch peek its head out from around a tree. And uh, it was directly in front of me and something, it was really odd because something had kind of pulled me to that section of the tree line to where I walked right over there to right where it was. I, but I, like I said, I didn't see it. Uh, but as I stood there staring at the tree line, uh, one of the guys said that uh, Sasquatch pe peeked his head around the tree and stared at me for a couple of seconds. So, so, this, uh, so this was after you got knocked down. I, yeah, I didn't actually get knocked down. It oh, something oh, oh, not oh, what it knocked it knocked my legs out from underneath me. It it brushed the back of my legs kind of hard, um, and then and it kept running past me, and oh, okay. uh, and so I didn't actually fall down. It didn't hurt. It was just like shocking, I guess. <laughs> I guess you could say kind of shocking. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was after that. It was after that. Um, and so. Needless to say, that was that was a that was kind of a, a lot of activity. Now, like I said, I, can I say that was a Bigfoot? No, um, I didn't know what it was. Um, but the next night, we decided to do a special mission back to that field, and uh, the guy who had seen the Bigfoot through his FLIR and I went, and we spent. I'm going to say, we went back to that field around 3 p.m. and we stayed there till almost 1 a.m actually sitting there we had like a mission set up to where we were going to try to uh kind of lure the bigfoots out so that he and i could see them that night and uh so we went and we set up a, a spidey hole you know like we we both kind of went in our camo and and blended into the environment all day and uh Around nine o'clock that night, our, our team was going to come out and set up chairs in the field and act normal, you know, like normal, just rowdy campers, you know, being loud. 
and uh, and hang out in the field for a little bit in hopes that it would attract the Bigfoot to come through the woods and to come check them out, thereby stepping on top of my partner and I. <laughs> okay, so we'd be able to see it. Um, that was the plan. That was the plan. Okay, it uh, sounds like a terrible plan, but okay. It was it was a long it was a long day. It was a very long day. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, you know, I had my recording device on the pretty much the whole time. I, I, I guess it was like when it got dark, I turned on my recording device, uh, and I did pick up some very interesting audio that night, but, um, but yeah, we sat out there all night and the, the team before the team got out there, it was getting dark and he and I both started noticing lights in the sky right above our heads. And, um, Way up in the sky, we were seeing what looked like, well, we knew they weren't satellites because they were moving in, it looked like an airplane, but they were moving in triangular um, designs. Like they were moving in triangular, uh, like grid systems or something. It was just weird. Um, and so they, they were, basically they were UFOs. We we're seeing UFOs in the sky. And um, a light, a huge head, we thought it was a headlight to a car showed up on the side of a mountain that was beside us, like a big hill. Well, we thought our rational brains are trying to make sense of what we're seeing, right? And uh, we're, still, we're still waiting for Bigfoot to step on us, uh, sitting there trying to be quiet. But we're also trying to whisper to each other, figuring out like what all these lights are that are, are going off like all around us in the field. And this one big orb, like a big ball of light, it was, it looked like it was over the tree line on, on the side of this mountain. And we were thinking, well, it was moving in a, a horizontal line, perfectly straight line over the trees. And we were thinking, well, there's no, there's no, like, there, there might be a hiking trail over there, but there's no way that a, a car could go over there. And it looked like car headlights, kind of. Uh, and then it went inside the trees a little bit. And we we're thinking, well, there's no way a trail is going to be a straight line like that going down the side of a mountain. And um, we started noticing our equipment was malfunctioning. His his time on his equipment was going forward an hour. Mine went backwards an hour. Um, we got I, we were both getting very tired. Of course, we had been out there all day, but I do remember at some point I felt like I had fallen asleep, kind of, which was not like me. And um, uh, when the when the team got out there that night, we had. There were red lights in the in the tree line right beside uh, my partner and I, and the the team thought that it was us, but there were actually like bright red lights in the in the field. I guess they were in the tree line about mm, 10, 15 feet from where he and I were sitting. So that was weird too. And um, when I got home, I was listening to my recordings that I had made that night, and around the time that we were seeing that light on the side of the mountain. It sounded like bottle rockets were being shot off all around us in my recorder. So, but he and I had never heard that with our own ears. Wow. Really? Yes. So something that loud and you didn't hear it at all? Not at all. Multiple bottle rockets. I mean, it sounds like pew, 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 all around us. Yes. Okay. All right. So. The the place did not disappoint. Okay, I got I got my fill <laughs> of Bigfoot and all sorts of other stuff for the weekend, and uh, and so the head of my team, actually that team, he is an amazing remote viewer. Okay, he's 
formally trained and um he decided well hey you know he's he's very much into like the mind body spirit kind of aspect of like bigfoot and all these experiences that we have out there in the field and he said you know i think it's time for me to teach everyone remote viewing because of basically because of that incident that my my partner and i had out there and um because we we needed to be able to see more into the the paranormal stuff that was happening to us while we're out in the field now if anyone is not familiar with remote viewing it's something that our military and militaries all over the world used have used for a while uh it's a form of like psychic spying i think is what they call it <laughs> so um it's a it's basically a scientific method of using your utilizing your psychic abilities um to view a target and most usually we don't know what that target is we're given a set of numbers and um when we take those numbers and we sit down and we we draw out all this data and stuff that comes to us and we locate targets so we were all taught over several years as a team remote viewing re excuse me remote viewing <clears throat> so um yeah, I'm I'm not only part of a Bigfoot research team, but we we are um remote viewers as well. So we're able to look at a whole other aspect to the paranormal side of stuff. Well, uh, well, well, so okay, so I want to ask you a couple things here then. Back mm -hmm. to back to whatever swiped your legs as you're walking up the hill. Now, do you think that was the Bigfoot then that was hiding in the woods and looking at you just ran by you in a way that you could not see it or or what are your thoughts i do i do actually <laughs> yes i do i do believe i do believe that's what it was now do we have uh concrete proof no we don't but there's one thing about my research that i do um you know i'm a member of of three different teams at least and i work with you know i research with people from all over the country and, and even from Canada sometimes. Um, but we we are, all the teams do our research a little differently, okay? And some of the teams like Trey's team, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, on Trey Hudson's team with, um, we, we work on the Meadow Project. A lot of your uh, viewers have probably heard of that because I think Trey was one of your guests. Yep, yep not too long well, ago. Yes, that team is very scientific. We take all the equipment out there in the field and, you know, we take measurements and all that kind of stuff. We document everything. Now, the team that does the remote viewing, we have all the equipment. We use it sometimes, but I personally, when I'm out with them, I prefer not to take any equipment. Um, we, I'm out there for the experience. You know, I never in a million years thought I'd talk publicly about this. Okay, so this is something that I actually waited 10 years before I went public with my, any of my research. Um, and most of the people on my teams, especially on that team with the remote viewing team, we don't really talk about our research very much. Now, Trey talks about it. <laughs> so that's kind of why I'm able to talk about a good bit of my research is because I talk about the research I do with Trey and his team. Um, because that that's public. And um, and so, eh, you know, like I said, every every team is different. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have similar similar kind of events that happen and similar ex experiences but not we don't talk about all of it um all the time because first of all 10 years ago when i or i guess it was 11 years ago now when we started uh researching when i started researching with them 
there is way more of a stigma to Bigfoot research. <laughs> okay, like big time. I uh, I actually worked in state government and uh, I was a public speaker and, you know, I, I had a little reputation that I had needed to uphold. Okay, <laughs> so I did go around telling everybody that I was a Bigfoot field researcher uh, back then. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, about a year ago, I was asked to speak at a conference here in Georgia on disclosure. And uh, and I did that and I it snowballed from there on. So uh, now I talk about it publicly every day somehow. I don't know how my, my life has gotten so weird, but um, it has. <laughs> I, I, look, it sounds like it sounds great. What are you talking about? It's fun. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm having so much fun. It's 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 outrageous how much fun I have doing this. But um, but yeah, you know, and, and not to say people still don't look at me funny. And you know, I I I'm sure I've I've had some pretty bad comments on some of the shows I've gone on. You know, people think I'm crazy. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's very rare to get those, but um, I get those kind of negative comments. Uh, but you know, I, the thing about it is, I'm not. I never. I never set out to like prove the existence of Bigfoot to anybody. And I'm not on air talking about like, you got to believe what I've experienced. And I've got all this, you know, I don't go out there throwing my evidence in everybody's faces and and that I'm, I just tell my story and, uh, and share my experiences uh, because there's so many people out here that have similar experiences like me. And um you know, I'm I'm a part of the camp that you know we got two camps when it comes to Bigfoot. We got the the flesh and blood primate in the woods camp, and then we got what they call the woo camp. Okay, and to me, I didn't even know what woo meant <laughs> because that's just what I that's what I know is is the supernatural part of all this, um, and the the connection to the ETs and the spaceships and the portals. You know, we we've we've experienced all that. So um. I, I have never held back ever. Like from the from day one, I was like guns blazing. Like, yes, we researched Bigfoot and we've experienced a portal, you know, and we've had U UFOs and ETs and all that all that stuff is combined with ghosts and you know, you name it. It's all out there and it's all connected. I mean, that that's my stance with when it comes to all this stuff. But um, but yeah, not not everybody's on that same page, you know. Not everybody's experienced the same things that I have, um, and that is totally fine. But hey, Shane, are you there? <laughs> yeah. Did you not hear me? Oh. No, I did not. I think you're muted. Jeez. No, I said I think. I said that people will literally want to fight you if you um, disagree with the way they see things. Sometimes it's cr it's crazy. Well, you know, I don't I don't disagree with anybody. I respect everyone's views. Um, you know, I I, I do have uh, a couple of shows that I do every week, and uh, and I love bringing people on that have different experiences than I do because we can all learn from each other. You know, I mean. I, I just like hearing everybody's viewpoint. I don't think anybody's wrong in the way they think. Um, but like I said, I, I don't mind sharing my story. And uh, I, there, I think there's more to Bigfoot than just flesh and bone. That's all I'm going to say. 
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, and but the reason you say that is because that's what you've experienced. Exactly. And, you know, and it's hard for um, people who haven't had that same experience to, I mean, just because you've had an experience somebody else hasn't had doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and it may never happen for the other people, you know, it yes. just like their experience may never happen for you. So it doesn't make you any more right than them. It just makes it different. You know, exactly. it's all, it's all, yeah. and all of it needs to be heard because it's all part of the bigger puzzle, you know? It is, you know, and along the way, I mean, I've met people and I've, I've, I've worked with people who have seen modern day dinosaurs, you know, I mean, it's just, there's so much weird stuff. Oh, no, wait a second. I got to hear yes. about that. What, what is, oh what are those, what are those stories? I love that. Well, that intrigues me because. I don't know how, I mean, I, I find that like a real possibility in some places. Absolutely. Uh, well, there's been, especially, a, especially West Virginia, just saying, no, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. With Mothman, <laughs> everything, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I researched all, a lot of these paranormal things very extensively. I, I have a show that I've, I've actually had a show for a while with the guys from Texas front porch. And uh, and I'd had a remote viewing show or a remote view paranormal attacks like dog man attacks, Bigfoot attacks, you know, uh, anything. It, it, I got so I, it was kind of disturbing looking into so many um, attacks and death that I started looking more into dinosaurs and stuff. So um, I did some remote viewing of modern day pterosaurs and uh, Jason McLean, actually, who has a show there. Too, he had uh, uh, his own pterosaur sighting, and a pterosaur is like a pterodactyl. Yeah, um, I think a pterodactyl is a pterosaur basically. Um, but you would be shocked at the number of pterosaur sightings all over North America. Um, I had a map that I showed on my show uh, of all the different sightings, and a lot of them are in North Carolina, West Virginia, like you said. Um, all over the country, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee actually had some, um, Georgia had some, and uh, and these not not all these people they can't all be crazy, right? I mean, I don't think we're all crazy here, and people know what they see. Um, but at least the, at least they're seeing something. They're seeing something isn't, isn't normal. That you know it's, whether it's a flying dinosaur or not it's still something that's not a, you know a, a, a robin you know what i'm saying it's it's, well, it's something it, it kind of goes back to you know the native americans had the thunderbird and mm -hmm. uh and, and very easily that could have possibly been what they were seeing too it would have been a gigantic pterosaur um, if these things were real. Now i did do some remote viewing on uh that particular incident that jason mclean had and uh, I came up with some very interesting data on those on that particular pterosaur. And uh, I believe that some of them were actually um, just regional and they're from here. They've always been here. We just don't see them. Uh, but there are some of them also that have been grown in labs and stuff. So I think the scientists have been perhaps could have been growing some of these. Um, and, and I guess maybe they're just flying around and people are don't you, know are you trying to say that jurassic park is partly based in, in I truth think, 
I think so. I think so. It could be. I mean, we don't know what these scientists are coming up with in these labs. I've seen some weirder stuff than that. Very, very much weird. More weird. Well, let me, well, before we get on to even weirder stuff, <laughs> I, I can't get off the dinosaur thing. So, so are you a, how are you able to, to discern like, which is something that just may be in, been around or something that has been genetically created through in a lab? Well, it just, it absolutely depends. You know, I, I remote viewed several different incidents. Okay. I remote viewed the one, the one pterosaur that Jason McLean encountered. And that one actually seemed to, I, I can't remember. I have to pull out my file on that one. It's been, a, it's been a few months since I did that. Um, but one of one of the one of the cases that I had, and I can't remember if it was Jason's. I think Jason's might have been the one that was grown, like in a hatched in a lab, is what I was okay. coming up with. Uh, other ones had, had, are just here. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them in Texas, uh, in in the Oklahoma area, like the Brown Springs area, and that's a whole other ball game right there. Okay, Brown Springs. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just depends on what, what, what I was looking at, uh, which, which incident I was looking into. So. I, and why, and why aren't we, why aren't we seeing these things? Like, why aren't we, I mean, we are seeing them. Some people apparently are, but why isn't it something that is just a normal, like more people just seeing them on accident or as they're driving down the road or are they in places where. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. they're remote and that just isn't a possibility yes i say yes to all of that everything you just said <laughs> yes 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 and yes it's um it's because that they are in remote locations i also got that they were nocturnal okay and a lot of them fly at night mm -hmm. uh, and so they're they're doing a whole lot of night flying uh, i also got that they are uh they eat fish okay so they're they're found a lot of them are seen around water uh, and that's why, because they're eating the fish out of the the oceans and the lakes. I think it was a lake. Okay. Um, 
so I don't know. You know, there's also the whole side of it. You know, I, I come from the woo, woo camp, as they say. Um, and I am very much into um, the energy, the frequency, the vibration. And I believe that certain people can see things that other people can't see when it comes down to um, seeing even paranormal things that we have going on, like orbs and ghosts. So, But, but, we, wouldn't, but we wouldn't call mm-hmm. these things paranormal. Really, would we? I mean, if they've been around, I looked at they were not. Yeah, they were not. But I mean, I've actually seen ghosts that were as solid as uh, you and I. Yeah, so I have to, I have to admit, I have to. So okay, <laughs> so, so that doesn't make sense, either, though, right? <laughs> so, What's that? That isn't what. And so that doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense either when you think about it, because it's like, well, those are not even there, but they're solid like we are. They're not supposed exactly. to be there. Exactly, and it's like. I, and I've told the story many times. If I if I hadn't asked a question, I wouldn't even. I just would have thought it was a person that I wow. had seen and kind of interacted with. And so, I have no explanation for that because the other people in the room did not see or even know what I was talking about. Really? You know? Yeah. So. Well, you know, I have another story actually that that kind of can go with that too. Um, is that when I was at the meadow one weekend, uh, doing research with Trey and and my team, I had to come home uh, early because I had my son was like two or three years old at the time, and so I I couldn't stay gone more than like a night. Okay, <laughs> he he didn't. I didn't want to stay gone from him, so I came home early and that was the night that the portal opened up in the meadow that night and they recorded it well i had just left the meadow and i came home and uh my son was in my uh was down in my my living room i had a this is going to sound real fancy i had a an elliptical machine in my front living room (laughs) okay and uh was it right beside the was it right beside the hot tub Oh man, not in the living room. No. Okay. All right. Not well, then you're not. Backwards. That's on the back. You're not that fancy. I'm sorry. You're not that oh, fancy. It's fancy though. Okay, but uh, but yeah, my son was on the elliptical, and uh, and my his dad, who my my I was married to at the time. Okay, um, he was filming him on the camera because he was looking so cute, and um, but the problem was he had on his little underoos. You know, he had on some underwear, and that was about it. So I can't. I have not been able to show this video publicly because of that. <laughs> I've tr- I've attempted to, and then my producers are like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, but but we have a video of my son on the elliptical machine, looking all cute, you know. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, these two balls of light show up and start flying around my son. And uh, his dad was he he called me into the living room. He said, "Hey, come here. You got to see this. You're gonna you're gonna love this." And my son is is still, you know, working out on the elliptical machine, but he's obviously looking at these two balls of light that are floating around his head. And he he says, Mom, ball, ball. And he points at the orbs. And as I walked in the living room, I didn't know what what I was going to be looking at. I thought he had two lightning bugs or some kind of bug flying around his head. Uh, it took me a second to adjust to that reality <laughs> that there were orbs floating around my son. They weren't just floating like slowly. They were dancing all around his head and all around him. And his dad could not see the orbs. I could see them with my eyes. My son could see them with his eyes, which is apparent in the video. His dad could not see them at all. He was not on that frequency. 
except for through his phone. So he was he was able to watch them on his cell phone while he recorded them, but could not see them otherwise. And then uh, the orbs fl uh, flew towards his camera on it, he had in his hand that was recording, flew towards the camera and the camera shut off. Um, really? And so all three of us experienced it. Only two of us saw them with our own eyes. And I have a video that proves it. Yes. So, 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 really interesting. so what, um, so what your husband did was it now he wasn't going out researching and doing stuff with you, was he? He's my ex husband, and yeah, ex well, ah, okay, no, okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, he was, um, he, yeah, he was going out there with me. He, he, okay, okay, uh, so he, he was have fun out there. I don't think he ever had fun going out there, but he he understood it. He was open to it, um, but he okay. would get frustrated because he would not have the same experiences that the rest of us were having. Um, and it, it's because I I firmly believe it's because he just was not on that frequency. Um, he was, you know, he he didn't. He would suck the fun out of the room. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's like you know. Uh, Wait a second. Are you talking about my ex my ex wife? Or your ex-husband. Okay. I'm sorry. That's a whole, that's a different show. That's, 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 the fun out of the room. So, um, that's a different show. Yes. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's just, it's just a matter of not everybody being on that vibrational frequency to mm -hmm. tune in to things like that. And as bad as some people want to see things, you're not always going to see it. Um, if you're not on that vibration. And I, and I do, I agree with that. I think that becomes apparent. The more people I talk to, that uh, people will say, well, how do they see this and this and this? And I, and I do, I think once you uh, are open to one thing, I think it kind of opens you up to some other stuff that, that, um, you know, the normal person. And I, and I don't know what, if everybody has that ability and just is unable to tap into it for some reason, or if some people just don't have it or, you know, I don't, I don't know what the limits are to it, but it does seem like some people, once they start, then they're open to a whole bunch of stuff. That's true. Yeah. And, and so that's what makes my, my teams very special in my, in my opinion, is that we're all, we've all been inoculated. That's what we like to call it. <laughs> we've been inoculated to like the most crazy crap ever out in the field. Um, and so we're all very switched. We call it being switched on, like psychically switched on. Um, and that makes a big difference when you're out in the field doing research when it comes to Bigfoot and whatever else is out there. Dogman, ghosts, UFOs, all roads lead back to ET. Okay. Just going to throw that in there. <laughs> but, um, well, well, and that's, and some people would scoff at you, but that's your... Yeah. That's your experience from going out there. And, you know, a lot of people that scoff, hey, they're not out there doing the stuff that I know Trey and those guys are doing and that you're obviously mm -hmm. doing with them. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's something to be said for having a big, bigger sample size <laughs> than, uh, you know what I'm saying? Than oh, watching yeah. some TV shows and listening to some podcasts, you know. That's true. I mean, yeah. Well, it's, and that's what makes it really cool that I have um, these shows that I do because I'm not, you know, like I was talking with Lauren. I don't know if you're, you, you know, Lauren uh, Smith with Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. She was on my show this past weekend and uh, and she and I have a lot in common. We were talking about how we are so glad that we have such a grassroots type of program, both of us, 
so that we can bring on actual boots on the ground researchers. You know, I when I first started doing shows back a year ago, I would only bring on my teammates and people that I trusted, you know, because there's a lot of people in this community that, you know, if I didn't know them and I didn't know their research, I was scared to bring them on because that would, you know, that could really ruin my reputation <laughs> as a researcher, you know. So, um, but now now I've, I've gotten to know so many people and oh my gosh, it's been such a blessing to be See, able to talk to so many people. There was your problem is you had a reputation. If you'd have been like us, we just, our reputations are <laughs> terrible anyway. So it didn't matter what, who we talked to. Or, or what oh we my talked. gosh. Well, my, my reputation has definitely gone downhill quite a bit. No, I'm just kidding. Since I started doing all these shows. Um, I mean, I, I've been doing them for over a, about a year and a half now. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, no, I, I, I have so much fun. I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> I don't care. It is. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to get to talk to, uh, to different people that are out doing something that like, like I've, you know, we've all said before is when we were younger, you know, we never in a million years thought we'd be having serious conversations about Bigfoot ghosts, the Bermuda triangle, dog man, uh, pterodactyls, pterosaurs or whatever. <laughs> Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that was all the stuff that we, I, like us as kids just loved and devoured and read books on and couldn't wait for a TV show to come on about it. And, and then to, and then to be able to talk to people and, and get people to talk to you who have had these experiences and kept them a secret for yeah. sometimes 30, 40 years. Uh, it's over. It's, it's humbling to say the least that people are, feel comfortable to uh, share those, share those stories with you, you know, Absolutely. and, and anybody that wants to, you know, it's like you said, there's people that just hate it. They're going to hate anything you do, no matter what yeah. you talk about. And I don't understand why those people even bother listening, you know, go, go, go listen to something else. Well, that well, that's another thing. You know, I'm also very spiritual, and I I I have like a whole other side of like my YouTube channel where I, you know, I talk spiritual stuff too a lot, and uh, and about raising your vibrational frequency, and I think. Mm -hmm. It's stuff to try to kind of help people on a, a spiritual level to raise your frequency so that you can have these experiences like we're having. You know, you're more prone to it and you're more open to it. Um, you know, when you're when you're when you let go of all the negativity and 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 kind of get outside of the matrix, you step outside the matrix. Um, that's when you start shining like a like a light out in the darkness. And when you're out there doing stuff like Bigfoot field research and you're, you're, you know, chasing dog man around the woods, things are going to see you. You're going to be a beacon of light for experiences, you know, for all those entities that are out there. Um, yeah. If you, if, if you can put I mean, and there, that's, the, that's, a, you know, a school thought that, you know, you can attract, um, you know, success and money and love and healing and other things. Okay, if you get on the right the right plane of uh, mm -hmm. vibrational plane, okay, and because you start attracting stuff that is similar to your thoughts and your feelings or or your own vibrations, well, if you can attract money or healing or love, why can't you attract other things that are out there in that um, in that realm to you? You know, you, you just got to get on the right, just like you said, become a beacon of light or the right vibrational um, 
um, I don't even know what the correct term would be. Frequency. Yeah, frequency that other that they're going to tune into and they're going to be uh, paying attention to and say, well, what's you know, what's this over here? So, yeah, I, I, I'm totally I totally buy into that, you know, and just on an everyday basis, you know, drawing things positivity into your life. So why can't you tune into that other those other frequencies to attract other things? Sure. Yeah, but but also you got to know how to protect your energy as well, because once you are a beacon of light and you're walking through those woods, there's a lot of negative stuff out there, too, that's going to want to attach to you. So you got to be real careful. That's that's why you are trying to be a beacon of light to dog man. And I'm just trying to be a beacon of light yep. to to uh, people that want to cut songs I write or something. Yeah. Uh, right. okay. that, that vortex, right? You're like a vortex. Was that Abraham Hicks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to hear about you attracting these. I well, don't want to. I don't let, really want I'll to attract. <laughs> let you know. I'll let you know how. Um, I, I have not attracted a dogman in yet. Thank God. Well, you uh, just have the right biscuits. I'm sorry. I just have not brought the right doggy treats with me. That's right. I'll take a yeah. next time. <laughs> I have to be honest. I have not heard a dogman story in which I thought, "Wow, I'd really like to run into that thing." No, I I just I have not heard one. Trust me. I'd like to see one from afar. I would love. I mean, that's what I do. You know, I mean, I'm 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 all down for it. But um, are you able? Have you tried? Have you tried to remote view then a dogman story and see what you can? Oh, yeah, I have. I've I've remote viewed many dogman stories, personal accounts, uh, famous stories. Absolutely. So, what, so how? Okay. So the remote viewing of an event that's already happened. What, so what? What is that? Is that going in to find the vibrational plane of that event and and viewing it yeah. for yourself? Sort yeah. of. Deal? Is that how that works? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. It's it's basically pulling information out of the matrix. I mean, it's kind of it's like. Some people say like astral projecting kind of to it. Um, it's it's definitely on a on a different level. Let's just say, um, yes, I I'm able to view pretty much anything. Uh, usually my targets are blind though, and I don't know what I'm looking at until I get there. Um, I'm given a set of coordinates, which is a, a set of eight numbers, four and four. Okay, so it's like let's just say one, two, three, four seven eight nine three okay that's my coordinate um i'm tasked that coordinate and uh those coordinates and i sit down with a pen and a bunch of paper and i start drawing my graphs and uh and i I, it's a process that you go to and you write down all the sensory data that comes to you basically psychically i guess you could say and uh and i sit down for you know like a 30 minute session, 20 minute session. Sometimes you can go an hour or more. I, you can you can do targets all day. Uh, and uh, not knowing what those numbers are, I'm coming up with a whole bunch of data. Um, I'm, I'm taken to that target. The target, the coordinates are the target and the target um, is assigned by someone. So let's say like the the beast of LBL, okay? The, the attack of the family at the land between the lakes. The alleged attack, okay, because uh, some of these targets, you know, the ones that I do, I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure if they are real, okay. And so what I'm doing is going in and looking to see if these things really happen, and if they happen, what, what was it, okay? And so, um, 
I remote viewed the the beasts of LBL. I also, and it's not just a beast, it's a whole bunch of them, by the way. Um, and I also was tasked with the the alleged murder of the family of four out at the land between the lakes as well, which according to my data did happen. So, so wait a second. So there's two different events at the land between the lakes. What what was the first one you're referring to then? Oh, well, I actually remote viewed the beast of LBL, like what people refer oh. to as the beast. Oh, so that okay. so it was an overall that. view of like the dog man there. But when I was looking, there's way more than one. <laughs> OK, there's a lot of them there. Um, the beast of LBL. And then uh, I actually remote viewed the attack of that family that was at the land between the lakes. So were you so like when you remote view like that attack? Are you seeing it like played out in front of you? Are you seeing glimpses of it and piecing yes. it together? How does it how does it come to you? Yes, all of it. Yes. Um, I saw I, I right away I drew a sketch of something and it it, it turns out it looks like a, a, a vehicle with a camper behind it or some kind of a trailer. Um, and then I, I, I was drawing like because during remote viewing, you sketch and just your hands start writing and you do automatic writing and it's um everything that i sketched on that um page it looked like the basically like the crime scene um of of what happened there uh and it even shows like the directions that the the dogmen came in and the way they left <clears throat> and um there were two of them that attacked a family there and uh it was very gruesome and yeah i did see um i saw I, you get glimpses of things that are happening. You get like visions of it's almost like a movie playing out. Um, I was hearing song lyrics. I mean, just any kind of sensory data. You, you smell things. You you feel the the pain, the fear, the the happiness, whatever. Not not there's happiness there, but I'm saying like sensory wise, anything that you know. If, if there's a person in the environment, if I detect a person that I can get in their head and ask some questions, I can see through their eyes. Um, so you can now when you say there wasn't a happiness I got to believe the dog men were pretty happy uh, I mean, no they were mad no they were actually the, see with a lot of these attacks that I look into people are encroaching on their territory and that camp area was their territory and so they felt like they had a right to kill the, that family wow so because this was this was another so you say you're able to ask sometimes questions of the victims or whoever like so it's not like you're traveling back in time kind of or, or yeah okay. actually so, oh. you're there but time time's an illusion Shane. so okay it's, it, hey, it's listen a, it, it's a tuesday it's a, afternoon it's a tuesday afternoon in january i'm not ready for the for let's blowing up the time continuum thing. I know. <laughs> it's, it's it's because it's hard to wrap your head around, but see, I talk about this and I live it. So like all the time. So it's, it, it sounds so easy coming out of my mouth. Like, I'm just like, Oh, you know, but I know that some of the listeners that you have, uh, some of the audience for being like, Oh my God. See, this is where people are like, Oh, this girl's crazy. <laughs> no, to know? I mean, totally. I mean, I've said that before. The time really does not exist. It's just a man-made, uh, thing to keep you know kind of keep us in a box so to speak you Living know in context. Of, yes yeah <laughs> i mean however my post 
my postmaster when I say, look, you say I went over eight hours, but did I? I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I worked 14, maybe I only worked three, you know, how do you know? You know, but I, I get exact. I get what you're saying. And yeah, it's a rabbit hole that once you start going down and you realize that time really does not exist, but then it would it, blow, it kind of blows people's mind to have to think that all this stuff may just be happening all at the same time. It is. And you, yeah. And you just, and you just have to figure out how to get to those different places and experience them. That's right. Yeah. So it's a lot to wrap your head around, Shane. But it's uh but it it's it's something that I um I, I have fun doing these things like these targets um and looking into stuff like that. And it's very it, some of the targets that I look into, like the Beast of LBL and the family, um, that that's it's really hard to do stuff like that uh emotionally, uh having to relive things like that. Um, but ultimately, I think it's actually a good thing to be able to go back and be able to do this. So it answers a lot of questions for people. Um, I had, uh, I, I didn't know exactly what I was looking at when I was remote viewing this. Um, as soon as I figured out what this target was and I had all my data, I, I immediately contacted uh, Jody Cook, the head of the North American oh, yeah. Dog Project. And, uh, and I didn't know him at all. <laughs> I think we were friends on Facebook. Uh, I sent him my data that night and he was he he sent me uh, some videos after that to show me that my data was lining up with some of the, the eyewitness reports of the people that had worked that case out there, of the family that was uh, massacred out there. So um, so it all lined up, and so it was. Uh, it's actually I have Nick Valente coming on my show tomorrow, as a matter of fact, uh, to talk more about Dogman. So yeah. It's it's very interesting. Uh, remote viewing is a, a really cool tool to have in your belt if you're a paranormal researcher. Well, okay, so so for us or the listeners that can't grasp that everything's happening at the same time, and that you know an event like this somewhere in in the universe is is just happening or whatever. So, but you can remote view. And this has got to be what the military uses it for, right? Is of yes. what is going on right now in the present day? Yeah, right. I, you can remote view the future. You can remote view anything. I can remote view off planet. You can remote view the the ocean. You can remote view, uh, you know, let's say uh, the Last Supper with Jesus. I mean, you can remote view anything. Um, you can you can remote view anything. Holy moly! Anything. <laughs> so why okay so why haven't uh why hasn't anybody remote viewed the mega million numbers for tomorrow night or tonight uh, who's, who's to say they haven't i don't know i might do that i need some <laughs> <laughs> remember who gave you the idea yes, okay, i will remember. split it we'll split the earnings okay <laughs> how about that <laughs> i have a feeling that if you get if you get that money by that way there's a real price it's to pay there is. Oh, see, and there, that's that's like spiritual law, you know, the universal laws. It just, you don't listen. I am very, very appreciative and thankful and grateful for my gifts that God has given me, and I don't. I am not crossing the line, so I am not. Uh, and that's why I, I don't go playing numbers and things like that. Um, I, not to say that my my team of remote viewers we haven't talked about it before. You know, okay, we, we've discussed on, it. On, off the, totally off the record. Yeah. 
How many times have you remote viewed Jason Momoa in the shower? Just tell me this is off the off the right. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh my god. I have a code of ethics. Okay. Like no, I don't I don't listen, I don't have time to remote view that man in the shower, okay? <laughs> if I did, if I did, I wouldn't. Jessica, but, um... you're a horrible liar. You're just a horrible liar. <laughs> so oh man, I'm teasing. You're making but me anyway. <laughs> well, so what so what then you keep referring back to everything in your experience and through your research is ET, okay, extraterrestrial. So so how does Bigfoot in in extraterrestrial, how do those come together? Like where's the crossroads for those for those things? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but what I can, what I do know is that a lot of times when we have Bigfoot activity in the field, in the mountains, in the woods, there are UFOs flying around. Okay. There's mm-hmm. ET involvement in some way, you know, um, there's orbs, you know, what is an orb? Um, I've seen, uh, the, I mean, actually the last time I was in the field, um, we were having Bigfoot activity all around us. And right before I heard a big old huff, like something like kind of growled and huffed at me in the, in the tree line, I saw a gigantic, um, like a, an orange orb that floated right to that area where that, that sound came from. Now are orbs ET related or are they Sasquatch? I mean, like, what is an orb? Um, so I cannot say that I've ever seen a Bigfoot ever get out of a spaceship. Okay. So, um, I, I can't say I know the connection. I honestly, I don't know anything, Shane. I don't know anything. And the more I'm out in the field, the less I feel like I know, you know, you think, you know, but you don't, um, it kind of goes back to the point being of like, a lot of times we don't know what we're dealing with out in the field. We think we're dealing with Bigfoot, but it could be anything. Um, unless we see a Bigfoot with our own eyes, can we say for sure that that was a Bigfoot that made those howls at us? You know, um, uh, unless you see a spirit, you know, like these ghost boxes, the boxes that people use, the ITC devices, how do we know those are ghosts talking to us? How do we know that's our deceased, you know, our our great aunt that died or something that's talking to us? We we don't know. Um, So... I don't know. I, 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 there is a connection. There's a connection. A matter of fact, I have a sticker of a Bigfoot and an alien holding hands on the back of my truck. Okay. So that's enough right there. That's just the pessimist. That's just the pessimist in you. I'm just. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, right. Because, I mean, your experience with getting hit in the back of the legs, it goes into a lot of stuff that I've heard where you know, people will see a Bigfoot and then it just disappears or it just appears out of nowhere. And it's almost like, you know, what went through my head and and whatever this means, it's almost like that Bigfoot's in another dimension as it's running up the hill and it's able to kind of blur the lines a little bit to physically be able to make contact with you and then completely come out of whatever uh, state that it's in to then hide behind a tree in the woods. Does that make sense? What I'm, what I'm, I mean, you, you take, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, that's, I believe that I believe that that's a possibility. 
I also believe that we as humans don't have the rods and cones in our eyes to be able to see everything that they do. As crazy as that sounds, I think it's I think it's actually us as as humans not being able to vibrate on the frequency that they they are on. Uh, now, how they change their vibration their vibrational frequency, I'm not sure. Um, Ron Moore had has an amazing book called Quantum Bigfoot. I recommend everybody listening to this show go check out Ron Moorhead's Quantum Bigfoot. That's one of the best books written about Bigfoot ever. Mm-hmm. I've I, I heard him speak about that, and it's. It does sound super interesting. I can't read though, but yeah. it does sound interesting. If I could get somebody to read it to me, I might be. Yes, it's an amazing book. <laughs> it's actually really good. So, um, but but he 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 addresses that in his book. I'll have to uh, see. Now I'm going to have to add that to the list and the pile of books that are sitting over here on the uh, coffee table and dig into because because I do think if that's if that is what we're going to believe um, that's a, certainly a possibility that there could be that little period in between where you got one foot in one dimension and one foot in the other. And that could mean what happened to you, you know, like, and they were just messing with you because they know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in that David Politis um, movie about the UFO connection, there's a man on the earth who was interviewed talking about a, a, a cube that yeah. he like a see-through cube and that's that's almost exactly what my team has documented on flair yes. sees, there in the, sees there in the meadow right yeah yes at the meadow so we we've actually already documented that years ago but we just haven't made it public um i i've talked about it a lot on my show um and on my shows we've we've done a lot of research on this cube phenomenon but then lo and behold there's a man on david politis's movie that has a cube in a field who claimed it was a spacecraft by the way so we think it's a portal <laughs> but <laughs> well yeah i mean listen we're you know the stuff that david polites is talking about i mean um it only stands a reason that there'd be portals in some of those areas you know um it, it just seems it just seems like the right situation for something like that you know, and that's kind of, and that's what we, that's what we talked about um, with Trey. You know, wh- how do we know this? You know, why are the portals always out in the middle of the forest? And he goes, I don't think they are. They're not. <laughs> They're <laughs> everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I was, I just was watching, uh, I'm friends with uh, Tyler and Aaron from Journey to Truth podcast, and they had posted something. I'm actually speaking at their conference in a couple months. Um, they posted uh Max Spear, somebody talking about the, I think it's the Hilton hotels where those they're actually jump rooms in some of their hotel rooms. They have stargates underneath all their properties. <laughs> so, what? Yes, yes. Listen, I've been doing shows on this, okay? Because I'm really into like stargates, time travel, portals, and uh, and I did a show two weeks ago with Barry Littleton on my my YouTube channel, The Cryptid Huntress, where he gave me some blind targets. I didn't know what the targets were. Turns out one of the targets I did was uh, weaponized natural portals on the earth. Okay, weaponized portals. Okay, well, I I was actually remote viewing the sun and watching UFOs coming in and out of the sun (laughs) when I remote viewed this and and the earth. So um, that is a very interesting show. If anybody would like to see that, um, go to the Cryptid Huntress on YouTube. It's it's there in my live live video playlist. Um, 
I'm, so, I'm really into this stuff. So weaponized portals? Weaponized. Yes, our military uses yeah. them. Yeah. And, and intergalactic, other, other beings from other planets all over the place, they're using um, portals. So what, what are we using them for? Well, you, you know, think about the David Politis thing where people are going missing out of the National Forest. Mm -hmm. Well, are we, jumping, are we jumping from one spot on the Earth to another spot on the Earth? Or are we going to another place altogether? Both. And why would our military? Every, every question you have for me, I'm like, yes, all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. We're, we're, gosh, if every woman was like you, my life would have been a lot better. Um, <laughs> um, so, we're, so where on earth, I mean, it's just, I, I don't even know where to begin. We're like, where's our military going then? It's not, it's not just our military. I think it's, I don't know. It's, it, I can't even say it's all military. <laughs> Um, they're going all over the universe. I mean, we've got, think about the secret space program. Okay. Think about, um, see, here's the thing. I have to be careful about what I talk about too, because I have actually gotten the proverbial knock at my door already. So um, I, uh, it wasn't until I remote viewed the moon, which is a big no, no. Um, I, I was told to kind of watch what I say about this stuff, but I, you know, I, <laughs> I do have a Patreon where I put all this stuff, all, a lot of the information that I can't talk about publicly. Um, the Cryptid Hunter is on Patreon. If anybody wants to join that, um, all my data goes there. Um, stuff that I, I can't really talk about, especially the off-planet stuff. It's very sensitive for some reason. Man, so they're afraid that we're, you're we're going to spill the beans on the moon really being made out of green cheese? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I mean... Like that. It's, it's just the moon, man. What could possibly be going on? No, it's just, it's just Swiss cheese. That's all. What could possibly be going on in the moon that nobody wants us to know about? Um. Well, that's something that you. I, I can't talk. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea, Shane. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, it's actually the moon landing. It was the moon landing. It wasn't even the moon. It was the moon landing. The Apollo Eleven one. Um. Listen, I actually got a phone. I got a, I got a message the, about two hours before my show went live. Told it and was told to keep my mouth shut, and so okay. I had to. I had to. I, I did my show anyways, but I had to change kind of the outline of it. So. Okay, so I so I have a a friend and a guy who's been on the show a couple times, the uh, the great Stacy Brown. I know Stacy. Um, yeah. Stacy Brown vehemently opposes any idea that the moon landing actually happened as if as we were presented uh it happened. Yes or no, Stacy Brown, nobody's talking about or is he just crazy? No, Stacy is Stacy is a smart man. I like Stacy. Yeah. You know, let me say something. I don't I honestly I I don't agree with Stacy on everything. Okay. And I and I don't usually say that, you know, because I no no no. He I but I do I do appreciate his ingenuity, man, when it comes to the research and everything. So um I think he's a smart guy. Um now as far I as agree. the moon, I, I do believe he's, that we have we've been on the moon for sure. Okay. Now how we got there is a different story. Mm, um, I like it. Yeah. I like it. 
<laughs> I like I like that little bit of intrigue there. Yes. Well, that's, that's I'll tell, all I think about that. I, I listen, Jesse. I'm going to tell you. Um, I am glad that we got we finally got to have you on the show because you have. I think anybody that's listened to this is their mind is kind of blown, and they're going to want to go and check out all these shows that you've done on all these topics because we can't even really dig into it. I mean, we're just scratching the surface of, uh, of all the stuff that you've done and talked about and done shows on. So, um, what, please tell all of our listeners where they can go and, and find, find some of these shows and, and get some more information on some of the topics you've been talking about. Okay, well, thank you, Shane. Um, well, if you'd like to follow this crazy cryptid huntress on all her adventures, um, I have a website, thecryptidhuntress.com. All of my shows are there um, listed. I, I try to update it every day. Um, I have a YouTube channel called The Cryptid Huntress. Please go subscribe there. And uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, I have a daytime show. And then on Thursdays, I have an 8 p.m. show Eastern. Uh, my Thursday show, I do remote viewing targets, and I look into a lot of really crazy stuff. So y'all, y'all definitely check that out. Saturday and Sunday nights, I have uh, I'm a weekend host at Space Out Radio. I have a show called Off the Trills on Space Out Radio, where I bring on all sorts of cool guests and uh, have a lot of fun there. So y'all, y'all tune into that Space Out Radio on YouTube. Okay, uh, but other than that, you know, I'm just out in the field doing research and having fun. So. And being a mom. And, I, and I am going to, I'm going to start working on my pitch right now for the road television series uh, of you and Stacey Brown traveling all over the world looking, <laughs> oh for, uh, looking for, looking for, looking uh, for, uh, portals, portals underneath portals Hilton hotels, okay. underneath Hilton hotels. You know, we should we should actually get that together. I'm I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Stacy Brown right now just drove his Uber into a into a telephone pole and said, "Oh my God, yes, please, let's do this." <laughs> Stacy, call me. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessica, th- hey, thank you, and I'm and I encourage everybody to go check out some of this stuff because the, it is worth more investigation and learning more about. I mean, the remote viewing stuff is. And it's no joke. I mean, governments do have programs to do this, you know, and of course people say, well, the government wastes a lot of money on stuff that's worthless. Well, they're not the only government that, you know, our government's not the only government that puts money into this program. So there has to be, you know, there's something to it, you know, so. Most definitely. So, well, Jessica, I thank you so much again for, uh, for coming on and hanging out with me and uh i hope our guests enjoy this uh this conversation as much as i did thank you shane i had a blast anytime anytime come join me at space out radio sometime i'd, I'd hey, love to have you on a guest okay anytime, anytime you're hurting <laughs> anytime you're hurting for a guest or somebody cancels just give me a call okay <laughs> I, will. I will thank you i appreciate yeah. that it's been, a, it's been a blast Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> God only knows what's high.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.